Welcome back to the Confused Daisy Podcast. We've gotten so many messages from our wonderful fans, and they've all been centered on the same topic. We've had a lot of messages say, hey, we love the show and what you guys are doing for Daisy viewers, but as a non-Pakistani or non-Muslim woman, it's kind of hard to resonate with your stories. Well, today we have a special treat, and we are hosting our dear friend Anya Rahman, and I think we'll get started with a quick intro from her. Hey everyone, my name is Anya Rahman. I'm Bengali-American. I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. I'm 20 years old, and I go to St. Louis University. All right, so first things first, Zoheb had me make sure to ask <laughs> you, is it Bengali or is it Bangladeshi? Because we have to get that out of the way. Well, actually, it's both. I It's kind of Love funny it. because... I thought you could use the two interchangeably, but um, recently I realized that Bengali is more of an ethnic background and Bangladeshi is more of like a nationality. So So, I'm just going to stay confused. Yeah, yeah. And so it's kind of like, you know, how in like Pakistan, you guys have Pashto and like Sindhi and so like things like that. Yeah, so it's more like your ethnic background. So I feel like People from India, if they're Bengali, they speak Bangla, but they're Indian. But then people from Bangladesh, they also speak Bangla, but they're Bangladeshi. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. So had to clear that up. Had to clear the air for that. Yeah. (laughs) So let's paint a picture for our viewers. We've talked a bit about traveling to Pakistan or India, and we can all resonate with visiting our home countries. So for you, what is visiting Bangladesh like? Traveling or food or the cities you go to or the activities you do? So I feel like it's quite similar, but um, I love going back home. We go every four years, I want to say. And every time we go, it's always for someone's wedding. Like someone in our family always getting married. And that's my favorite part because weddings there are like last up to like months, I feel like, compared to weddings here. That's that's how you do it. You have to do it that way. Yeah. and Three, four events or something like that. Yeah. Right. And so one of our events, it's called Ronkela, which literally translates to collar play. And it's kind of like holy, but without the religious aspect of it. So that's just like a Bengali thing? Yeah, it's definitely, it's just a Bengali thing. I don't know. I haven't really met anyone else who's done stuff like that, but you... Um, basically the bride and the groom side of the family, they just throw color at each other in an open field. I think my, my cousin's wedding had something like that, like in Karachi. I remember I was like, I was super young, maybe like five or six years old. And there was like a a lot next to their house and they were throwing colored water and like colored powder at each other. Yeah, yeah. That's the same exact thing we do. Yeah. If you mention, if you mention the story to my family, they'll have something to say about what happened when I was younger at that event, but I'm not going to get into that. Oh God, I will be sure to bring it up. (laughs) Knowing you and knowing our audience, we are all confused Daisies. So what are some things based on your perspective as a female Bengali that you're confused about? Like what sort of problems do you want to address here that you want others to know that they're not going through alone? So I'm the eldest of my family and, um, being the eldest is already hard as it is. And then on top of it, being female and being the oldest. Um, what, how old are your siblings? So I have two younger brothers. One is 16 now and the other one is 10. Yes. And so my parents are very lenient on the boys. But when it came to me, it was kind of like I was their tri- like trial run. Because, you know, as immigrants, they have, I feel like they're confused themselves. Like oh, here, hardcore, you know what I mean? Hardcore. So. And especially like raising me in a different environment, it's very different for them. So that I feel like is a major issue. But I feel like the biggest issue I faced growing up was not knowing where I belonged and how to accustom to the fact that I was different. And I'm sure we can all relate to this. Oh, yeah. I remember like I would constantly fight with my parents, especially in middle school. And 
the reason was because like I wasn't allowed to go to sleepovers, to go to the mall on my own. I wasn't allowed to stay out late. And I feel like the biggest issue that like boys don't always has is with the clothes because oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, there's a lot of restriction on that. And I remember in middle school when I was really into soccer, I really wanted to look like the other girls and the uniforms were shorts. And I remember I had to wear leggings underneath. And I remember this was such a big deal to me because I'm already different as like being brown. Now you have to wear different clothes and yeah. make you stick out. Yeah. yeah. So it's like... I'm sticking out even more. And I, for some reason, I like was always so picky about wanting to be just like everyone else. Because at that age, you yeah. kind of want to blend in. You don't want to stick out. Everyone kind of does, they gravitate towards certain ways of dressing or music they listen to and you want right. to fit in with the crowd because that's how you become, quote, popular. Right. And I feel like it's such a shallow mindset, but I feel at like At that age, you don't know Yeah, better. exactly. Like it's human nature. And so I remember... I would always ask my parents why and, you know, they would use the classic immigrant line like, oh, we came to this country, sacrificed everything for you. And at the time, I would just like kind of brush it off and like roll my eyes or whatnot. But I never really understood like the gravity of the meaning behind those words, because if you really think about it, that's truly what they did. Mm-hmm. Um, they, my, didn't, they didn't know yeah. what was what they were getting into when they were coming here. Right, so like, they're just trying to figure things out as you're going through it as well. Exactly. So like... My but dad, for, yeah. For them, it's kind of they're already married. They have what they want figured out, but they don't know what you want, and neither do you. Exactly. So they're trying to mold you exactly. at the same time your surroundings are molding you. Exactly. And it's like, what do you choose, or what do you like? Who, like, who are you? Right. You know? And my so older sister, kinda... she's the eldest sibling in the family. She will uh-huh. totally agree. She will say that she had so many more clothing restrictions or wasn't allowed to go to sleepovers. And she kind of, I don't know if she's like kind of joking about this, but she says that like she had to raise us too. And I I totally get that because she's three years older than me, two years older than my brother and like six years or something older than my sister. So she kind of did have to raise us while she was growing up. Right. That's exactly how I feel with my brothers. I feel like I had to kind of give them the advice and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. because and I already went through it all so did you have to babysit them like spend your weekends in yep yep a lot of that so yeah I definitely feel the aspect where you had certain rules that were applied on you but weren't applied on your brothers like for example I got away with much more than what my sisters were able to get away with so I was allowed to do things that they weren't allowed to do I didn't have as many rules placed on me and it was probably because I was a male and she was a female, so I think they that's walked like, so you could run. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I don't know. I got really lucky in that regard, but I I always did feel bad, and like because when, whenever I would go to like say the prom or like homecoming, and my sisters like weren't that's allowed to go. That's such a big thing. Yeah. It is. When my sisters weren't allowed to go, they'd be like, oh, you're so lucky. And like, I never really realized it till then, but I'm definitely grateful for it now. So there's definitely a double uh, double standard when it comes to girls and guys. I definitely know some Daisy dudes who their parents didn't allow them to go to prom. And for me, I was kind of like, well, if I don't have a date or like I don't find someone to go, I don't want to go. So you see, like there's definitely two sides to the coin where one person's not allowed to go. And myself, I said, well, I don't want to go if I'm just going to be standing there alone. So I definitely had like a lot more freedom in certain aspects. But in other cases, I just feel like, oh, why was I held back so much? I want more freedom. I want to add about the difference between girls and guys, because I feel like in our culture, girls are put to a higher standard than guys are when it comes to like social aspects and moral aspects. I think it's 
that we expect more from girls. They're scrutinized. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Everything. Definitely. Because girls have more pressure to be perfect because everything a girl does, I feel like, is more of a direct reflection of how they were raised. And changing that narrative is really hard. Yeah, I, I kind of see what you're getting at. Because yeah. for guys, like, me and Hamza, we could get ready, like, 15 minutes before an event. We'll throw on whatever, like, shelvars in our closet, show up in, like, sneakers, and, like, we'll be fine. We'll just show up, eat, and leave. Yeah, it's just a pass because you guys are guys. Right, but, like, for girls, you know, you have to get ready, put on, like, your fancy clothes, and have, like, hair and makeup done because people, people are constantly judging you, especially at functions where it's supposed to be, like, chill or relaxed dinner, like... There's always people making comments. I would just like to say that when a girl says she has five minutes left to get ready, think about it like five minutes left in the fourth quarter of a basketball game. <laughs> where there's actually where there's, an hour. Where both team has full timeouts. So five minutes does not really equate to five minutes. As a female, how does your perspective change your perception of things like school or culture or relationships that you see with your friends or just anything in general? Well, I definitely think that my environment has a lot to do with how I became the person I am today because there was so much pressure on like, oh, do I follow with what my peers are doing or do I listen to my parents? And I think it's important to know that it's okay to change and it's okay to kind of find yourself because you don't have to be perfect, you know? Yeah, you're always growing based on your experiences. Exactly. So... I went through a lot of that and really like finding who I was. So, Do you think that's more difficult for girls to do than guys to do? Yeah, I do actually believe I, that it's more difficult for girls Let's because when we have such pressure to be perfect, whereas like guys, I feel like if they mess up in the past or when they're trying to find themselves, that it's harder for girls to like kind of live up to that. So you keep mentioning the word perfect. Define, like, what do you mean by they see women have to be held to perfect standards? So, like, when you think of a Desi girl, like, you don't expect them to have a past of very, like, difficult, like, a lot of difficulties of messing up here and there. But for guys, like, oh, they were a guy. Like, they were just a kid back then, so it's, gotcha. like, okay. But for some reason, when you think They're of, expected to follow, like, oh, familial traditions. They exactly. know how to, like, cook or do whatever. Like, it's, it's, like, really old, like, gender normative stuff. Exactly. That you expect women to follow. And again, same for guys. Like, oh, they can mess up or do whatever because they're a guy. Exactly. Yeah, that's so true because, like, I feel like, you know, with my sisters, like, they obviously both made mistakes growing up, whether it was, like, school or anything like that. And I made mistakes as well. But I feel like from the community standpoint, their mistakes were more scrutinized than my mistakes simply because they were a girl and I was a guy. I think that's why I loved going to Mizzou, because I could make mistakes and learn from them and not have everyone at home know what's going on. If I had stayed at, like, SLU or something, I didn't even apply to SLU, like, throwing that out there. But if I would stayed at SLU, I feel like if I would have done something wrong or made some mistakes, everyone would know and start talking about it, and just, it becomes too much to deal with. Yeah, I can't imagine what would happen if I went to college in St. Louis, like, because I was... I'm not knocking it. I'm definitely not knocking it. Oh, no, it. there's just, nothing wrong with it. It's just the environment that. that I wanted to be in was different. There's nothing wrong with it, but, like, I would have done some stupid stuff, and <laughs> I, I was an idiot in college. Like, I was literally, I had no brain. I came to learn, you know, I had to mature up. I had to, like, figure out what I wanted to do with my life and things of that nature, so... I think for girls, they definitely have to do that at an earlier age. And I think girls mature more quickly than guys. Yeah, I think the reason that girls mature faster is because they're they're pressured to do that. They're pressured to meet that standard of being perfect. 
when girls have such um, high pressure, it's hard for us to kind of let go of our past mistakes. And I feel like with guys, they're given a free pass because, oh, they were just trying to find themselves. And, you know, they're guys and guys are guys. So it's okay. But with girls, totally agree with that. Like you always hear the line, boys will be boys. Exactly. And it's used as an excuse for so many things like, oh, it's in the past. The boys were boys. Let it go. But with girls, it's not the same. And they're always expected to stay perfect from the start. From the start. Yeah, everything from the start is like constantly brought up. Like you're reminded of your mistakes. How do you deal with that exactly? Like in terms of being a girl and like, you know, having those mistakes brought up. Like, is it just something that you feel like you have to carry with you the rest of your life or? Because guys can, guys kind of just brush it off like, oh, whatever. Like it was a mistake. How do you deal with that as a female? Personally, I feel like the way that I deal with it is I remind myself that my past and my mistakes are what make me stronger today because there are definitely girls out there who have been perfect all their lives and have been able to meet that standard. But I feel like the the reason I am today is because of my mistakes and what I had to go through. So I definitely, I feel like that makes me a lot stronger in that aspect. I think that goes for everyone though. Like I've made mistakes and they've made me who I am today, but I feel like for girls, it's just a little more amplified because when it comes to a girl making a mistake, it's like, oh, they should know better. But as Shark mentioned before, guys will be guys. And that's kind of an excuse for us to do behavior that isn't necessarily approved of. In the words of Miley Cyrus, first of all, nobody's perfect. And second, (laughs) it's all about the climb. True, true. So me and Hamza mentioned our college experiences. Can you tell us what it's like at SLU? Like, do you commute? Do you live at home? What's your experience like? So I actually, for my first semester of college, I went to U of I in Urbana-Champaign, which is a completely different... <laughs> I've, I've visited that campus yeah. once. Big it's Ten, nice. yeah, it's Big huge. Ten. Yes, it's very different than Sluice. Sluice, only one street. And I remember at U of I, I had to take like buses to get to my classes. And here That's it's like insane. a walk <laughs> to my class. But... um. So I actually transferred because I wanted to be closer to home because I missed my family, my younger brothers. So it's nice that I can stay on campus when I want for however late. But if I do miss my mom or miss my mom's cooking, especially, I can just drive 30 minutes back home. So do you have an apartment like downtown? Yeah, I have an apartment. So what are you studying? I'm studying biochemistry. Hopefully med school is the goal. So the classic Daisy experience. Yeah. Yes, at SLU. Everyone's pre-med. It's true. What's it like? There? What's the pre-med experience like at SLU? Are there like gunners or are people supportive of each other? Honestly, I hate talking about pre-med with the other Daisy kids <laughs> at SLU. Brown because, kids are like another beast. Yes, because I start to like compare myself to everyone there and it's really scary and it gets intense when everyone's talking about what they're doing. Can we talk about that for a second? Just like comparing ourselves to other people. because it's the the worst. Comparison is is the theft of joy. That is like such a brown thing to do is to just compare yourself with others. Even your parents will be like, your parents, say you have a friend who's in med school or a friend who's got a really good job. They're like, oh, well, what about him? Like, why can't you be more like him? And it's just like, dude, like chill out. (laughs) They'll deny it completely too. They'll say, we never compare you to anyone. Yeah. And then. And then I always retort back. I'm like, well, why can't you be like those parents or something like that? 
Do you get no, that I'm just kidding. Do you get the comparison aspect as a female more often, you think? I, I don't know if it's more often, but I definitely do get it. It's really, it's funny because they'll be like, oh, like, we love you. Like, we love you the way you are. It's fine, whatever you do. But, like, it's, make it's sure you get butt. a 4.0 and get into med school. Jeez. <laughs> I feel like with parents, you know, being more protective of their daughters rather than their sons really points to the fact that daughters are perhaps seen as not capable of protecting themselves as well as sons are. Obviously, that's not true or, like, could not be true, but I do think that that's what they think, and they're just, again, more protective because of that. So I totally agree with that. Um, I feel like I had way more restrictions growing up than my brothers did because in I remember in the fifth or the sixth grade, there was, like, a Rocky Mountains trip that I really wanted to go on, but my parents were dead set and not letting me go. And then at the same time, when my brothers grew up, the same trip, and they had us, my parents were down for them to go. Yeah, and I totally feel that because when I was a senior in high school, there's a big spring break trip that occurs every every spring, and I was allowed to go, whereas my sisters weren't allowed to go. And I remember my sister, when she asked my dad, my dad was like, oh, I don't think it's a good idea if you go. Like, I just don't feel as comfortable with you going. And then when it came to my turn and me asking, my dad's like, oh, yeah, you can go. Like, no problem. So, again, we just see that example of double standards playing in once once more. I'm going to agree with that for sure, too, because my uh, I think it was my junior year of college. I asked my parents if I could go to spring break in Florida. And I'd been asking them for years if I could go on a spring break trip, but they were always super against it. They were like, oh, everyone's just going to be partying. You don't want to be mixing with that crowd. I'm like, that I am that crowd. What do you mean? But <laughs> obviously didn't say that. So eventually for my junior year of college, they let me go on a spring break trip. And we went down to Daytona Beach. And of course, they were like worried because we had female friends coming with us. And I was totally fine with it because these are my friends. I know what's going like what's going on. And Anya, I wanted to ask you this. Do you think it was because you were female or because it was their first time dealing with such a situation? Because when my younger sister was in either sixth or seventh grade, my parents allowed her to go to Costa Rica with her class. And when I was trying to go to Germany with my class, I wasn't allowed to. So do you think it was an age thing or more of a gender related thing? I think it's both that have a play into it. Um Definitely the age thing because you are the first child, especially in America, so you're kind of like the guinea pig, but I do think it's with being female, your dad's a bit more protective of you, for Mm -hmm. sure. Um, They're always worried about what's going to happen because, again, it's the whole, like, culturally, they think that, oh, male, like, males, like, have a better understanding of the world, whereas females should be more protective and stuff I think when we look at it through our lens, we think, I, I am in control of my actions. I know what's going on. But they look at the broader picture. You don't know what other people are going to react when you're there. Exactly. So they, that's what they're not worried about you messing up. They're worried about other people around you. That's exactly what my parents would say. They're not worried about me, but worried about the other people. Which was always their spring break like argument. Exactly. I genuinely wish that I had someone who had gone through all this to kind of tell me that it's normal to feel this way and that I don't have to be like everyone else. So that's, I guess, what I want to let you guys all know. That's kind of like my advice that you guys are allowed to change. You're allowed to let your experiences shape you and you don't owe anyone the same version of yourself for the rest of the time because we don't declare ourselves as like a one person and 
are we allow for our experiences, our identity, our beliefs and patterns to change? Because, you know, it's it is confusing. And so until you figure it out, it'll be okay. And that's a perfect way to put it. I definitely see that those um, gender roles are definitely um, something I had to go through. My parent, my dad especially, was very protective of me. And at the time, it was very aggravating. But looking at it in retrospect, I realized that he just meant well. Yeah, our parents, like, we do think that they're overbearing, especially when we're growing up. But, like, we've said this so many times, but, like, they did mean well because they didn't know what it was like raising kids in this unfamiliar environment. So we were all kind of learning together. And, you know, the the whole theme of this episode has been based on, you know, if you're a male or female, it kind of does just change how you were raised, especially if you're the oldest in the family. I think that's a perfect way to like kind of wrap up our first full episode with a guest. Anya was basically amazing in the microphone and hearing her perspectives on these issues is like really eye-opening. We never go through these problems alone, like ever. There's more than a billion of us bases out there and what are the odds that you're going through something alone that no one else has ever gone through? Seriously guys, go talk to your friends, talk to your family because if you can't figure out how to deal with a problem, the odds are that they'll be able to help you. That's what this show is really about. You are not alone and you never are. If you have stories you want to share with us or if you have any messages you want to leave for Anya, send us some DMs on our Instagram at the Confused Daisy Podcast or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And I guess with that, we'll catch you next time on the Confused Daisy Podcast. See ya.